You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. <laughs> it's episode 355 of Julia's the New back Utah again. Podcast. It's true. It's true. I was on a work trip. She comes in and going out. Going on another one next week. <laughs> week to week, she's uh, she's here or not here, you know. We also have a very special guest with us for the whole show. Uh, Bailey, I can't I should have asked about how to spell Nebaker. it. Nebaker. Not that hard. Nebaker. How hard is that? Well, she got, you got it. He always she, messes well, up the easy names. In junior high, though, we you had You can talk. Mis- you can talk. I can't. Yeah, yeah you, you can, can say yeah. <laughs> Your mic's on. We had a Mr. Nebaker in junior we high. We did. So I'm oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Was it your dad? It was not my dad. <laughs> it was not my dad. It was I, not my grandpa. I, I doubt it. Yeah. He didn't look a thing like her. That he is was an totally inter- an ugly man and she's not ugly. So that is an interesting well, name. What, what are the origins of said Nebuchadnezzar name? Mm, Welsh. 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 We you were pretty. Monster? Have you ever seen the movie Monster House? Yes. The guy across the street's name oh, is Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, the old man Nebuchadnezzar. Oh. They call him Nebuchadnezzar. That's right. Anyway. That is so. Well, good now we got to start calling Bailey that. I'm just kidding. I've, I've never, never heard. I just have a. I just have an easier job. I, I can pronounce things, Chris. Can't. Old lady never cracker. I can't. <laughs> I just. I just know it because of my teacher. That might actually be a title for that show. movie. <laughs> it just looks old, like it. Old lady. How else would you pronounce that? Nebacracker. Like, Kneebaker. Kneebreaker. Kneebreaker. Oh, we get a Nebuchadnezzar. I, I a weird one. I can like, mess names up pretty easily. It's so. true, but I just I just look at that and I'm just like, it's clearly. You can turn the name Sarah into Martha somehow. So Bailey Bailey is the vice president of Walrus, correct? Uh, and we'll get into all that later, but we got to talk about a bunch of shit first. So yep, she's well, here for the whole thing. So you get, she's part of the. She the might pipe in from time to time as as we go through. She's part of the train wreck. I've got yep. things to say. All right, good. Well, let's start out with a happy story. Bree's mom, speaking of Rex. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> what time was That's it true. yesterday that you got called? Eight fifteen, eight yeah. something like that. A.M. or P.M. in the morning. Eight so. in the morning. In the manana, uh, her mom calls her, and um, like I don't, I, you can tell the story because yeah, thanks. She called. I appreciate you. that. Since you just <laughs> usually take not, over my you're story, still not I was looking it. to see if I could find the time, but it, it nobody does. cares. She actually called me at nine eleven, but I think the accident happened around eight fifteen. So she was driving up fifty fourth. She just passed Kearns, the street that Kearns High is on, which is Cougar Lane. They were headed out to Wendover. They were going to go at eight a.m. Well, they were going to go do some stuff. They're old. They're 75. They were going to go do some stuff because her probably stupid- probably been up since four and like waited till like- No, not my it's mom. It's been long enough. Let's no, go. No, no. <laughs> my mom, my mom stays up all night and sleeps all day. Oh yeah. She's- So they were headed to Wendover because I think he was supposed to have hip surgery on Thursday. Like that's how old these people are. In Wendover? No. They're going to Wendover for fun because he's going to not be able to go anywhere for uh, a while. Julia, slap some sense into your dad. Okay. So then, so they're driving along, and as they're driving, they're in the inside lane of, of so there's a four-lane road, two, two each way, they're on the inside, they're heading, and they're next to kind of a, a, a trash. A dump truck. It's not a dump truck. It's it called a dump garbage, truck. It was a garbage, garbage truck. truck. Thank you. Waste it's a garbage disposal. Truck. My mom kept calling everyone, it a dump truck. Everyone knows what a dump truck is. Yeah, but it was a garbage truck. And my mom had just commented, hey, this garbage truck is really holding up the traffic back there because there's houses that face 
and they were dumping the trash, you know, so it's taking a minute. And he was just getting ready to turn into the neighborhood when all of a sudden she's like, there was a car. There was a car that just flew out of the neighborhood. And she's Turning like, left. one minute there was a car, one minute there was, she's like, I didn't even push on the brakes because it was literally right in front of me because she was right next to the, the, which means she was probably actually on that spot, probably getting close to 35, 40 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. And so they just, they just smashed into her. They took off, like, they took the front end. Like, that's how, like, that's how early it was. Like, she was here. They, they didn't oh, even wow. hit the, the driver. Total her noses. Truck. Like, T-boned? Uh, not quite a I mean, they made an L, think. essentially, because she, they, they actually glanced off the front of her car, and the car came but along the side, and they actually had to pry it, her it, husband out. Yeah, it totaled the passenger side of the truck, which tells you a lot of uh, a truck getting totaled. Yeah. So anyway, they took him to the hospital, and she calls me, and she's like, I'm in a lot of pain. I just wanted to let you know. I'm like, do you need me to come up there? She's like, no, it's fine. Like, I, How's wait. Daddy Roy? Oh, he sprained his thumb. No, he broke his thumb. No, he sprained his thumb. We were making jokes about it. Yeah. <laughs> because guess what happened to my mom? She fucking broke six ribs. Oh, six ribs. She has seven cracks. The tenth, one of them broke twice. The Ouch. tenth through the fifth rib on the right side. So basically where the seatbelt sits, she broke all those oh. ribs. So no good. No yeah. bueno at all. So she was in the hospital all last night because they, because she was having trouble breathing and her pulse kept going down and blah, 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 blah. And I, she's still there. She's a 75 year old woman with six broken, well, five broken ribs, Poor six lady. broken ribs. And they have just the one car because like they're retired and they, they just, have no everywhere car they now. go, they pretty much go together. So they have no car. So I said, so are you, have you called it in? He's like, oh, she, uh, he's going to take care of it. So I called her on the way home. I'm like, hey, podcast night like if you need a ride home like i can do it but like you're gonna have to like send me a text like i can't just uh let me know and she's like well melissa could probably help i said well did roy get a manage to get a rental car no he's been dealing with that insurance but i'm like why is he dealing with that they're in their insurance? 70s they don't fucking know how to do things <sighs> so i'm like he needs to call your insurance tell your insurance what's going on get the rental car through your insurance anyway Trying to tell this to my mom while she's on opiates. It's Poppy Roy. We we all went to go see her yesterday, and they had given her 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 uh, opioids, and uh, we're you know I think she was about an hour in maybe, and and she, you can tell she's getting high as a kite at this point, and then like after we've been there like an hour, she's like nodding off, and like she's just like saying incoherent things. <laughs> so finally, so she'd start like, a sentence, and then we'd be like. What? We're like, all right, mom, it's time for you to go to sleep. <laughs> like, we're gonna leave now. I mean, I felt bad because like her husband couldn't go up there, but whatever. What? He's a piece of shit. So anyway, Bree's mom. That's uh, I saw your chickens though. We got oh, to yeah, see your chickens this last weekend. Chicken chicki, nuggets. Chicken nuggets have tripled in size. Yeah, there's only a few little chicken nuggets now. Most they're of not them even are. that little anymore. Yeah, even the even the three smallest are pretty big. But yeah, they're well, they're jumping up now. So, so you have 2019 now 19. total. Six have died. That's uh, that's rough. That's a big death rate. But. That's bad. But uh, the twenty fifth is when the Jersey Giants come. Yeah, so you're gonna get some more of those. Some giant chickens that the Jersey dogs Giants. can't get. Uh, Are they in the backyard here? No, no, no. They're no, at my house. At his house my in dad's. Riverton. So the Jersey Giants get up to ten Can pounds. Can I come see them? Yes. They're right by the Riverton store. Okay. So I yes. Like <laughs> I just invited myself. Like literally the Riverton store. You can Me walk there. Me too. <laughs> I'm there's uh there's poop in our yard if you want to go see dog poop. <laughs> you that dog that you introduced yourself to earlier? Yeah, she poops out in the backyard. Yep. Yep. So the chickens will be bigger than our dogs. 
which they already are, but I should preface that were way more than our Yeah. Those. Are those the white ones that are just massive? They're different. No. I, I don't I, know if they're just white. Okay. Julia can pull I think up the picture. the leghorns are the big white ones. That's what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Or the leghorn. Jersey Giants. They're called Jersey Giants. I've never had them before. I think this I is. I like those black, black speckled ones. Those ones that we get. Mm-hmm. You know, the fuzzy footed ones? Yeah. yeah oh, that's. I'm a, waiting for the rooster. Chicken. I'm waiting for the rooster to I'm, come I'm, out. We're really, we're really hoping one of them's a rooster. I'm just looking at this, just like, look at the size of that yeah, cock. They're, <laughs> they're big chickens. Josh will run away from those. As long as one of those doesn't turn out to be a rooster. So they're getting big. uh, And you can start making your expansions to your coop. So now that hopefully the the weather's chilled out and I I can actually get to it. Yeah, starting the expansion project, hopefully within the next week or so. Then you're going to help me put in a new sprinkler system (laughs) is what I heard. Sure. (laughs) Do you have wildlife in Riverton? Do we have wildlife? We we used to have a lot more. We had a field right behind our house for forever. Yeah. When Foxes we moved in, there was nothing like the, the Wallaroos, Walmart, none of that existed. I we remember like, those days, yeah. And we'd have fox running through yeah. behind us, deer. Occasionally, we'll get a fox in this neighborhood. There was a day where there were giant pigs in the right. neighborhood. Pigs. What? And then rams. There rams. Were, yeah, there was animal control. Wild those pigs? rams. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they were wild well, or someone, or like, someone, someone caught they were them. They wild, but they, they were from someone's farm. Okay. Someone's, okay. They but they like were huge and they got out. Boars, you guys, yeah. you guys live in like what was a very like farmy area. Yeah. There it were was tons a cow of town. farm out there. I mean, down the road from you guys is that dude that's got elk. Yeah. And the buffalo. And buffalo. the buffalo. Oh yeah, the buffalo. Yeah. Isn't there someone with a zebra close by? I don't uh, know. That's probably. I only ask because I lived. This brings up like a very traumatizing memory for me. When I moved to Seattle, I moved in with a couple, Cora and Frank, and they didn't really want me there. They just needed someone to watch their chickens while I, while they were away. And I did. Um, they spent the winter or sorry, the summer, I don't know, like they were in a, an RV and I was just supposed to watch their house and their chickens. And I did a really good job. I cared so much about those chickens and I actually didn't do anything wrong, but a wild animal, we uh, definitely a raccoon month two of them being away. And Oh, this wasn't like a, like a one week watch. This is like a, they go away for the summer kind of. Yeah. This is like, I lived with them during the winter and the fall. And then in the summer they left and I took care of the chickens. They really migrated. Yeah. They wanted to get to know, they were like, um, what do they call it? Snowbirds? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So about two months into their four months away, one of the chickens, Cora's favorite chicken, is attacked by a raccoon and killed. I assume it's a raccoon. I, it's all Probably. I can imagine. So, Either a raccoon or a fox. Yeah. I'm like eight, 17, 18. I had just moved to Seattle and <laughs> I didn't know what the right thing to do was. Like, do I call Cora and just like devastate her and ruin her trip or do i wait until she gets back like what what what's the play here what's the play what do you think i did uh i think you probably didn't call you probably tried to replace the chicken that would be a, <laughs> so much better like, story you get a no. white one you spray paint it to look like the color <laughs> no i waited until like the week she got back week before she got back and i let her know and Maybe. i was so apologetic it's and okay. did she actually care she was devastated. That's crazy. She was absolutely. I, the only reason I lived in Cora. Some people have their chickens in their houses. How they many, like? I mean, how many chickens did they pets. have? Four. Okay, so I the, two. these were pet chickens. These weren't. These weren't egg these chickens. Were not egg so chickens. Got, these chickens. were not. We've got functioning. Yeah, no, these 20, chickens didn't have a job. They had twenty-seven right now. Twenty-eight. Those are those are egg chickens. <clears throat> we used to name them all, and then now there's too many. 
The people next door, when they had chickens, they used to name them things like Chicken a la King and stuff. Cacciatore. <laughs> I named one dinner and then the dogs got it. Yeah. You named one Lefty because Ebo ripped the wing it's off. It's still of it. alive, too. She's still kicking. Yeah. Do you well, butcher them and eat them? God, we don't. No. We, we tried the first season, but once Dad a chicken. Dad did when we were on vacation. <laughs> once a chicken starts vacation. laying eggs, they don't taste good. They're right. scrawny. They're no, I mean, if you, you could use them for, for like soup or stock or stock, but. They're just not good. And ours just die. Like, for no reason. You go out there, the dead chicken. They're, they're egg chickens. They don't have long lifespans. <laughs> no, two years. They live like two, three years. Two usually. to three years is... That's not very long, It's not long, very long, Julia. Julia. Longer than the meat chickens. That's true. They That's live true. about six months, and then you eat them. So, yeah. Most ours just... Thunderstorm. Meat, meat chickens don't they cost die. as much to raise either because you only have to feed them for like three months. Yeah, but you feed them like quadruple the food, That's true. You? That's true. You do feed them a lot. Those things get so big. So, yes, you can come see our chickens anytime you'd like. Thank you. And bees. We got bees, too. Oh, cool. Right Not right now. We got a beehive. Oh, yeah, there are no bees right, right now. Right now, there's just an empty beehive. Because they died. Do they... Oh, they died or they migrate? Or how does that bees work? Bees died. Oh, I'm that, sorry. Both things can it happen. Happens. Both things happen. But I've had... It, I, I, I don't want to say I've had everything happen, but it feels like it. I'm pretty sure you've had almost everything I read happen. this thing the other day that said if you, like, rub mint on your beehive, the bees will be more inclined to stay or a new swarm might come in. Yeah, the problem but is... But if it, they're just dying because it's look, cold, you there's have, nothing you can do, but... You have a strategy for next year for winterizing. I've provided you with a sound it, strategy. Blankets. Is it frustrating when you're watching TikTok and you see that, like, a whole, like, gigantic beehive has, like, you know, decided okay. to create itself in, like, a Something's sewer drain car. or something, and you're like, but I you assholes. It's like, I made you a house. He, like, hand-built that thing, too, and painted it. Oh. He's got a little window in it. You can look at the hatch. Oh. Super How cool. does that work? Do you... Buy the bees or do you? Buy them from IFA. Oh, they get them delivered like once IMA. a year. Yep, and then they deliver them. Usually, end of April, first one of May. It's all weather dependent. Hopefully, there's not a late snowstorm that kills them all. You know, what's late? Because we're about to get dumped on. Like late, May. like that? tonight. Late's like after they've delivered. Okay. Yeah, but like it's like May. Is oh, it? Okay. Is it going to actually snow tonight or just rain? Because mm, it changes every day. Cottonwood, apparently. Well, that's fine. They can have thirty inches so, up there. There's if it a rains dude on TikTok here. I follow in Tahoe. Yeah, and he is like, it's everyone in Tahoe is buried. They got seven feet of snow in like two days. Like, and then it's insane. rained, and now, now it's, it's melting. Raining. And now, so they're like, they're, everything's flooding. They're sandbagging their houses, and, and that's not even working. Is the lake okay? Fun. Which lake? Or have we Great lake Tahoe? Tahoe no. or the well, Great no. Salt Lake? Who cares about Tahoe? Yeah, are we? It's a Great Salt Pond still. Yeah, we no, need to I mean, fill that out. Or we're all going to get like, cancer and die. I, I, I don't think so. I think okay, cool. I, I think what this last year really revealed is it's only a matter of time before it actually does dry up because there's really not. I mean, it does get fed, but not by much, and it's only a matter of time before it does dry up. So they have to have some sort of plan. I mean, it's an ancient lake that has slowly dwindled over the years. It's only an average of thirty feet deep. Yeah. So. It'll it'll it's go not away. It's a matter of if it's a matter of void. Yeah. We'll have to rename like, the city. It's gonna suck. It's definitely you have to rename the, your business. It has <laughs> it has uh it has definitely come back quite a bit this winter. Um it's gotten a lot of water, thankfully, but I don't think it's back to where it was, you know, pre extreme drought for the last ten years. So. Back in the eighties when it was flooding Main Street. Yeah, those water pumps those never get used. Never. Those awesome pumps they put <laughs> They in. put them in, and I don't think that they ever used them. Not even nope. the first year that they put them in. It's because they gummed up and didn't even work. Nope. Right off the bat. Uh, anyway. Okay. 
I want to talk about one other thing, and then we'll get into um, spending some time with the guests. Um, we'll get all up into Bailey. Um, yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Jesus. Um, I want to talk about the if this you if you haven't heard, maybe you've been living under a rock this last few days. But Silicon Valley Bank, one of the biggest banks in the country, in the top twenty. Um, was taken over by the FDIC and shut down this uh, last weekend on Friday. So the reason I want to talk about this is it actually has a big impact on the state of Utah. Um, do you want to just go get her thing and tether her? Yes. Uh, it has a big impact on the state of Utah. So it's called Silicon Valley Bank because it's headquartered in Silicon Valley. But Silicon Valley Bank plays a pretty big role in tech startups. That's its big focus is is tech startups. That's Probably where they the put their money. Lender there is for oh yeah, by 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 startups. leaps and bounds. And so all the big tech companies store a lot of money there, way more than the two hundred and fifty thousand dollars that the FDIC insures. And a lot of venture capital firms have deals with Silicon Valley Bank such that when they back a tech startup and they give them, let's say they give them six million dollars as a venture capital firm, they put that money in uh, Silicon Valley Bank so that the tech startup can then start drawing from that to pay, you know, whatever their expenses are over the course of years. And so sometimes it's, you know, 200000 a year, 250000 a year, whatever their burn rate is as they're building this, this startup. So when Silicon Valley Bank fails, uh, they can't get their deposits out to make payroll, all this other stuff. So... The failure had a big impact on the state of Utah because Utah is one of the it's so first off, Utah is like the sixth largest banking state in the country. But also Utah is full of tech companies and full of tech startups. And a lot of tech companies in Utah bank with Silicon Valley Bank and a ton of the tech startups do. Um, so it does have a big impact on Utah. So much so that this, this all happened like Thursday afternoon. There's a bank run. Friday morning, the FDIC takes control of Silicon Valley Bank and shuts it down. Monday morning, yesterday morning, uh, as we record this, I sat on a call that Silicon Slopes put together for all the tech leaders in the state, along with both of Utah's senators, the governor, the head of the Utah Banking Commission, the head of Zions Bank, uh, the former vice chair of the Fed, um, the speaker of the House in Utah, the president of the Senate here in Utah. Like It was chock full of really high-ranking officials in these various spaces, specifically to talk about what's going on what the federal government's doing before the call happens, the, the fed and the federal government announces, Hey, we're going to actually back all of these deposits, no matter what, we're going to make sure these depositors are whole. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about how it happened. I think it's important because if you paid attention to the stock market, uh, a lot, like every bank just took it in the pants yesterday. Um, almost every bank in the nation actually had their stock trade stopped at one point because of losses during the day, because now like post 2008, there's actually um, when the stock market takes certain hits, they actually will pause stocks to let the market cool off. So they don't just spiral into nothingness, but like first Republic bank out of Sacramento or San Francisco, I can't remember which uh, 60% hit on their stock yesterday. Um, that's insane if you think about like 60% of your um, value is just gone in an afternoon. It's, it's wild. Um, 
So what happened with Silicon Valley Bank um, at a real dumbed down level is um, Silicon Valley Bank invests heavily. So the way banks work is you deposit money into the bank. The bank takes that money and then invests it in things. So some of the things they invest in are mortgage-backed securities, treasury bonds, stocks, um, you know, foreign things. So in 2008, when we had the big bank collapse, they were all invested in mortgage-backed securities and the housing market bottomed out and they had all these crappy lending practices going on. So suddenly, all this real estate essentially that these guys are backing is worth significantly less and they're taking a huge loss and they can't cover all of the needs of their depositors. So when you go to take out money from the bank, they didn't have the money to give you. So Silicon Valley Bank is primarily in the tech sector and they invested in long-term treasury bonds a big chunk of their their stuff. Now, long-term treasury bonds are a pretty safe bet. They're worth so much, you you cash them in after 10 years or whatever, and you make some money. It's a really kind of low-risk investment, except when the Fed hikes interest rates over and over and over again. And we've seen a massive interest rate hike over the last two years, like three-quarters of a point, half a point. Like, it went from zero to, I think we're at six-ish right now. Or seven. Yeah, getting close to seven. So what happens when the Fed does that is instead of the long-term bonds being worth money, now suddenly short-term bonds, with their, which are usually worth a lot less, are worth more. And that's what's called an inverted um, bond yield curve. Um, when that happens, there's always a recession. Like the last six times it's happened, we've had a recession every time. Basically what happens is, Buying a short-term bond is worth a lot more because the interest rate is higher than that long-term bond. So you make a lot less. So when there was questions of solvency within Silicon Valley Bank, people start pulling their money. Silicon Valley Bank then has to start selling all of its long-term bonds at a loss. They have to sell them early and take a hit on them and sell them at a loss to try and cover the deposits for everyone making a bank run. Well, and don't forget, as you were telling me yesterday, the people that are putting their money in this bank are doing it in a different way than most people, right? Most people are putting their money in the bank and they're not, and they're, and they're kind of investing it almost in the bank. They're leaving it there because they were so heavily lending to new business, to upcoming business. People were getting funds through, um, uh, venture capital, venture first. capital. And so they were actually having to use it to pay payroll to make their utility payments because they didn't actually have enough coming in yet. They were, they were running their business. Yeah, they the have a negative cash flow. And so normal for a new business. Yeah, right. Yeah. Totally Especially nor- for tech startups. Totally normal. The irony of them investing so heavily in something that's such a low yield, such it's secure, it's safe, but the venture capital, the, the hubris of a venture capitalist, frankly. They take big risks. Yes. It, <laughs> yeah. the, the irony of that just cannot be lost yeah, and wild. does the fact that this surprises anyone is crazy to yeah, me but because they were they were investing in something that yeah. generally speaking is going to give it's you a relatively secure safe, and yeah. a safe yield yep. slow consistent something yep. you can bank on i yep. just use quote fingers just That's so that yeah. we heard it you did the, a good job in your voice yeah. <laughs> we heard it um so the, the irony of that is cannot be lost no. on the people who are watching this right now and i the fact that it's surprising anyone and the hubris of venture capitalists and startups over the last several years, there's no there there in so many cases. Yeah. So well, you're I, just pulling from the bank, pulling, 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 pulling to make payroll and for your market, all of this with 
if they had known what they were invest what the, what was backing that yeah. the returns, the two things don't add up to a very like basic level. Those two things you got high risk needs to be met with high risk. Yeah, and and Silicon Valley Bank, it it is worth noting they went from being roughly a sixty billion dollar bank to a two hundred and forty billion dollar bank in three years during COVID, basically. Which you know, I'm sure their business plan did not accommodate for that. So, so it's a, it's an interesting case, and I think one thing that everyone needs to realize is. Unlike in 2008, yeah, we had online baking in 2008, but it wasn't like it is today. Today, you can instantaneously wire transfer money from your bank account in the millions of dollars space of money to another bank account instantly from your phone. That was not available in 2008, at least not widespread. Um, and so, in 2008 would take 24 hours. At least, yeah. And now you can instantaneously, you can wire money seconds. and it's, it's done. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I still have to go to the bank to do wire transfers if things are going overseas. Yeah, and a lot of this is happening overseas. Not all of these guys have to. It's yeah. funny. Like, I actually read an article. So the CEO, the CFO of Silicon Valley Bank on so on 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 Thursday, he's headed to some conference in Montana, and he's on a shuttle from the airport, and it's a tech conference. It's for startup it's, tech yeah. startups, and he's on a shuttle with a bunch of other tech startup dudes. And he's, he says, as he's answering emails and dealing with what's happening, he's literally watching the other dudes on the bus <laughs> wire transferring money, yeah. all of their money out of his bank. He's like, I'm witnessing a mobile bank run in real time. In like what, I'm like, like what we saw for like in the depression when like people were literally running to the bank and they were yeah, trying you to don't walk have to run them anymore. out of the door. Yeah. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like, the same thing, but just like sitting so, in a shuttle, just watching your business to, dissolve. To give you perspective, it was a $40 billion bank run, meaning people pulled out $40 billion from this bank in less than 24 hours. Wow. That's insane. And I just made the situation that much to worse. To be clear, I don't know any bank that can really handle that kind of monetary shift in a day. Well, because you don't have that on hand. No, it's very it's rare that a bank sense. has that kind of liquidity. So, uh, um, uh, the First Republic Bank that I was, uh, that I was talking about, uh, that lost 60% of their stock. So there were fears it was going to be in a similar position. First Republic Bank got money from JP Morgan. They had, when their stock was dropping, they said, we have $60 billion available right now if we have, if we have to deal with it with a bank run. And that still didn't help their stock. <laughs> so anyway, it was a big deal. Um, it is important to note there is a bailout happening. They're trying not to use the word bailout. Make no mistake. It is a bailout. What the Fed is doing is they have said, Basically, for any bank for the next year, any bank that is facing a similar situation, you can sell those long-term bonds at par, meaning at even amount for whatever you got them for. So, so not- instead of taking a massive yeah. hit, like if you look at the bond market right now, a lot of banks are underwater in those bonds. And if they don't have good diversification of their, their investments, and the bonds are also you know easy to liquidate, like they're pretty quick to sell off because you're selling them back to government basically but they've said they'll they'll buy them back at par so at least at even price so they are going to backstop these banks but that's a little crazy that they can sell off these bonds at that not and not take the loss as a bank but on the other hand 
my opinion, the Fed did this to them by jacking interest rates so quickly that just inverted the bond market. But we'll see where that all plays out. I just thought it was really important to talk about a little bit and try to explain it to people um, because it does have a huge impact on Utah. There are a lot of companies in Utah. Utah has a lot of small businesses. And a lot of them, that a lot of small businesses, a lot of tech startups that bank with Silicon Valley Bank. Silicon Valley Bank has a big presence here. So... Did you hear whatever happened with Signature? Because that was another one. That oh, yeah. Was well, si- yeah, it wasn't. That, that was different. Something else different. Signature. So Signature Bank was also shut down by the FDIC this weekend on Friday. Um, very different. Much smaller bank, not in the top 20 of the nation. No. Um, Signature Bank was heavily involved in cryptocurrency and basically lost their asses in crypto. And the FDIC had to step in and shut that bank down. Downside is because of what happened with SVB, if, if, um, the other bank had been shut down without, uh, Silicon Valley Bank getting shut down, Fed wouldn't have bailed them out. Um, but now because the Fed said, yeah, we'll back all your depositors too, they're going to be in a similar situation. The bank will be gone, but everyone's going to be made whole. But also they were banking with a bank that is doing some really risky shit and they probably shouldn't have been banking with them. So, um, if you are a private citizen and have a relatively small business, you should bank with a credit union <laughs> because they don't make those kinds of crazy, risky investments. Their their job is not to make tons and tons of money. Their job is to support their members. So that would be my recommendation if you have a smaller business. If you have a big enough business that you do need to re- bank with an actual bank, you should bank um, across multiple sources if you're starting to get into the millions of dollars in accounts and you should not have all your eggs in one basket. Because those little signs that they have at the bank that nobody pays attention to that say FDIC on them, if you look at that, it's $250,000. That's what If you true. have more than $250,000 in that bank and something happens. No, you'll be good right now because they're going to back us. <laughs> well, right now. <laughs> but, so but I think they're you, changing that. But, but uh, if you have more than two hundred, or yeah, more than $250,000 in that bank, all the federal government will well, guarantee is that money. So, and, and we'll see if any legislation comes out of this, changing some of the regulations. I think there's some eyes that have been open to what's possible now in this like online banking world that maybe wasn't before. Um, so, I I think that we might see some regulatory changes. We'll we'll see. Um, who knows? Congress can't seem to do anything. So, um, yeah. So, if you have questions, feel free to ask us out on our social media. Um, I'm happy to answer questions. I'm not going to answer them, though. Uh, I'm happy to, to answer them or, or have discussions with people on it. It's really um, quite interesting to me, So, but it's definitely impactful. So Now we'll turn our attention to our guest. She's writing something down, so I don't know if that's because she wants to join in or if she thinks I'm full of shit. <laughs> I can't tell. I don't know. She's, she's showing Jeremy. She doesn't want to say it on the air. <laughs> no, it's playing in the background. We have music playing. But oh, can't hear. okay. She sends you us thought, a note. She's like, am I the only one that hears Whitney you, Houston? You won't be able to. It won't pick up on that. So it, yes. It, well, we it, have background it, music it enables you to speak easier. If it's really, really quiet in it's the like background. It's like the doctor's it's, office. Put you to ease. It's like, yeah. Background background music is proven to help drive conversation. Yep. Okay. Just checking. So, no one's going to hear it but you. That's why like, <laughs> at a party, there's music. But if the music's too loud, you're annoyed because you can't talk to anyone. But if the music's not there, it's weird. I get, okay. and you just hear each other breathing. It's like when you go to the store and they don't have the music on. It's like you hear your squeaky cart. Right. Well, it's funny because it's a Kygo remix of a Whitney Houston song. I'm like pretty sure, so I'm like b- picking up on that. So anyway, that's 
Well, no, he, he just he just randomly picks things, okay. and sometimes he makes us listen to really crappy music. And sometimes uh, yeah, it's good. it was the Kygo remix good of, job. of Wendy Houston's <laughs> Higher Love, and now Roar by Kygo. Katy Perry is on. Love it, love it. <laughs> I honestly had to ask because I just wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one hearing that. No, you're not. You're hallucinating. And it's, it. <laughs> it is soft, but like no one will be able to hear it. No one can ever hear the music yeah. on on the the actual podcast. So, mm-hmm. uh, okay, so Bailey. Um, uh, <laughs> Old lady, never cracker. Don't do that. The FDIC functioned the way that it is supposed to function. I think that we have spent four or so years of watching startups take a lot of risks that were Mm -hmm. not great. Mm -hmm. And I don't, this isn't Bailey's opinion show, but I will say the hubris in the tech sector, especially in Silicon Valley, perhaps Silicon Slopes. What did you think was going to happen? Yeah. Well, and I, I think what you said is interesting. If we would have let the FDIC do their job, uh, which is to take over the bank, and then basically in this sort of situation where the bank is insolvent and can't meet its obligations to its depositors, first off, everything that's 250000 the first 250000 of every account, which in the case of Silicon Valley Bank was like... Four percent of their accounts, over ninety-six percent of their accounts were over that threshold. Oof. But if you look at a bank like Zion's Bank, like ten percent of their accounts are more than two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars is meant to backstop private citizens and small businesses. These large giant firms, like you know Roku, that had five hundred million dollars in cash in Silicon names? Valley Bank. Do we know who had what? In- yeah, we we know quite a few of the different the different ones. So we, you got like Roku. Roku, which has like one and a half billion in cash, a third of that was at Silicon Valley Bank. That sucks. Right? When, and that, it sucks for them, but they're not really going to be affected yeah, too like much. Yeah, like they can by still it. make They'll payroll live. and stuff. It's, got, it's the companies when they froze it and they were like, nothing's happening. And they were like, we can't, now cannot pay our. So, but employees. here's how the FDIC works. Immediately $250,000 is available because that's the, that's what the government backs. They'll pay that out of their own coffers. That's why the, that's why the banks pay that insurance and technically you're paying that insurance through fees if you bank at a bank most likely. Um, but after that, what they do is they start selling off all the assets that the bank owns and they first, they try to find someone to buy the bank. And if they can't find someone to buy the bank, then they go through a process of selling everything off. And as they sell stuff off, they evenly distribute to all the depositors, the money from those assets to try and equal their deposit. And so at the end of the day, my guess is like roughly all those people that have more than 250,000 probably would have taken a 10% hit on whatever they had in the bank, which is still a lot. I mean, 10% of $500 million is 50 million bucks. Like it's still a lot of money, but it's not the end of the world for a lot of these guys to take a 10% hit. They would have been fine. It would have taken a couple of weeks, but they would have been okay. Like a certain organization that was just fined $50 million two weeks ago. What? A certain organization? Just sure. say it. Church that was... The LDS Church. Oh, the LDS Church. <laughs> oh. Well, technically, <laughs> technically yeah, the they church, they were only fined $10 million of that. Oh, only ten of the fifty. The, the, a lot of the hundred billion they have. The it's fine. Uh, the the guy the the firm that did all the filings was was fine. The rest of that. So the church itself was only fine ten. Enzyme Peak. Got yeah, Enzyme Peak got the rest of it. Which is like charging me ten cents because I did something wrong. Yeah, I mean you're talking about fifty million dollars on like billions of dollars in 
yeah. and deposits and stuff. So you got to make it, if you're going to find somebody and expect it to actually teach them a lesson or stop you them make it count. That, yeah, you've got to make it hurt a little. Take a percent. Tithing's going up to 11%. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is it for real? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, totally. Your dad knows what tithing's going to happen. And, uh, when I, was, when I was married, it'll to take longer than that to get a new word from God. When I was married to Don, I wouldn't pay tithing on my income. I would only let him pay it on his. So you're Catholic. You don't have to. And you, yeah. You're techni- already going to have Technically, you did pay tithing on your income to the Catholic Church, just not 10% probably. Oh, I just paid what I felt like, like yeah. $5. A donation a the way it should be. Yeah. All right. Let's get to Bailey. Uh, yeah. We tried so, that a couple times. Uh, old lady never cracker. Um, I'm just going to call you that. <laughs> Is there a picture that goes along with the podcast so people know? Like, I think yeah. the image that people are going to have of me is uh, mine. Well, I already posted you. I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah. I bet Julia's either already posted <laughs> or. I like the idea of everybody thinking I'm, thinking I'm old. Yeah, lady we'll do some cracker. sort of superimposing of you on the house from a monster house. This is a great show, too. She's a young, hip, blonde, super um, great skin. So let's, awesome. you've heard Thank the you. podcast before, so we have to ask, what's your birthday? 5.30. Okay. Did you all did you already figure this out yourself, though? So August, May? end of August, first part of September. No, May. No. No, no. Yes. So you didn't think about when your parents did the nasty to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would have been. So, so you didn't like, get one of those episodes, then. Um, you are probably a Halloween I don't know if you were an accident or no. planned, but that was probably Halloween. Yeah, end of October, right? Oh, I thought you said no, July. August. August, been... end of August, right? July, August. 40 so, weeks. So 24th yeah. of July, maybe having a party. So you need to take the month and you add three. That makes sense. Yeah. Going yeah. to... Yeah, but she was at the end of May, so it's probably like end of August, beginning of September. So Could kids be... all went to school. Oh, that's what it was. They said... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Parents no? at Powell. Yeah, what, my what mom's was... birthday. You know, I feel like I feel like she's. I feel like there's something that's happened. She She knows why. She just said her mom's birthday. Mother's birthday. You are a birthday sex baby. Happy conception day. So So next time on your mom's birthday, you should like give her some baby. I know what. Just sneak it. Sneak it into the card. Like when you give her her birthday card for her birthday, because when you get older, you don't usually get your parents much. You just send them like a card or whatever. Just send her a card and be like, "I know I was conceived on your birthday." Back in this I know what you did 25 years ago. Oh, it's probably almost exactly. I was 10 days late. Oh, Dang. see? There you see? go. Birth- On my first episode, Dad went into detail. You will also... Oh, so birthday, baby. Yeah. You, you, you will think about it now every, every time. time your mom's Blow birthday out your comes Thanks, down. guys. Thank yeah, you. I don't, do. I don't ever have you. to think about it's a, it. Yeah, because you were, <laughs> you were conceived born in a test with tube. a sort of... Nah. She wasn't born in a test tube. She was born in a test tube. <laughs> Right into it. She was like uh, basically a medically grade turkey baster yep. baby. I was a turkey baster <laughs> turkey baby. Baster baby. <laughs> so where were you born? American Fork, Utah. AMF. Oh, really? wow. mm-hmm. AF. Yeah. <clears throat> where did you grow up? Pleasant Grove, Utah. So American Fork suburb, Pleasant Grove. Yeah, American yeah, Fork Light. American Fork was the big city. Yeah, I guess that now you can't even tell the difference between them. They just They're all kind of the they same. just smash into each I other. I just down know there. when I'm driving down there, I'm on a road. I did not get off of it, but every five minutes, I'm on a different road. Yeah, especially State Street when you drive from like American Fork through Pleasant Grove and Linden, which are like two blocks of State Street for Linden, and then you keep going, and then suddenly you're in Orem. And then you're in Provo eventually. And like it, you're like, oh, I'm at 700 North. Now I'm at 2600 South. What the fuck just happened? But I have not, I'm on the same damn road. <laughs> oh, yes. D Street. Yeah. I hate, I hate those road. roads. It's changed a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I grew up there, when we were, ta- we were talking about chickens because I 
There are a lot fewer chain restaurants when you grew up, probably. Yeah, there was no Wiener Schnitzel. There was not a Thirst or wait, was it Swig? Swig. Swig. All of them. <laughs> yeah. So where Macy's is in Pleasant Grove, that was a cattle farm. That was where yep. my grandpa was ranching cattle. So it's very foreign to me. Like, oh, so you grew up. Entire... You're a farm girl. Grandpa yeah, ranching cattle. About yeah. yeah, definitely yeah. a farm girl. Yeah, it's Pleasant Grove is a foreign land now. There's DoTerra and uh-huh. all, all of it. Well, yeah. even to me. There's like, Evermore there now? <gasps> Does Kanye own that? No. Ken Are Brett Schneider sure? owns that. Who? Ken, Ken Brett, Brett Schneider. Schneider. The guy who started DigiCert. Is it cool? I haven't been. Uh, I've not been either, actually. It's um, like Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> but in real life. I, I Well, then that's cool. Yeah. Right? So if you like I, Dungeons and Dragons, then it's I kind of like yes. It's like an old Victorian... It's re- like, if you like... Gardens, like if you like, um, like the the gardens at Thanksgiving Point or Red Butte Gardens, like you'll like Evermore because they do there's a lot of that stuff. There. But who here has been? Raise your hand if you've been. I have not. Uh, I don't know a single person who's been. I've there. been to the property a ton. Uh, I, I feel like I have a bunch of like business friends who've gone and like vended down there. They do. Okay. They do we like on the solstices. They do a bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah, that we interviewed works the, there. the lead artist there. Okay, so it's a viable. Things are happening. Oh, yeah. Things are happening. And okay. also, there's an indoor go kart track there called um, what are they? The Grid okay. is what it's called. Evermore go faster. Uh, well, it's not. It's a separate business. It's owned by the same guy. Um, but the Grid is elect. They're electric go karts. Yeah. They're so fucking fast, and it's multi-story. So you're going up and oh. down levels on the go kart track. How does that fit within the storyline? It doesn't. But you asked about that. you asked about Evermore because I'm I'm so I mean they have VR at like Downtown Disney. So. Yeah. Oh, also the VR at Downtown Disney, the Void mm-hmm. is what that was. Mm-hmm. The guy that owns Evermore Brett's. started the Void. Okay. Ken, well there you go. Okay. Yeah. Ken, when he first was here before he started all of this stuff. He and his wife used to have a haunted house in their house. Like they'd open their house to like yeah, the neighbors. And... They built a big haunted house every year in their garage, basically. Um, so I need to go. They don't do it anymore since they built Evermore. They but put I all need their money to go in. to Evermore. That's yeah, what it's I'm probably getting. worth going. I'll go with you. Yeah, it's okay. definitely okay. probably worth it. going. It's crazy because I, that's where the horses were growing up. Yeah, yeah. Well, and like so even just when I was growing up, the like my grandparents lived on the base Kerns, which is down just down the street here. None of this was here. Why Utah? Why has all of California moved to Utah? Uh, we have good cheap. business practice the, laws. Yes. The tech companies. We have a really stable economy. We have really friendly laws for businesses, particularly startup businesses uh, and the tech sector. This is a th- okay. So th- I've talked about this before. So back when the Olympics happened. One of the things that happened when they brought the Olympics here, they were specifically targeting tech companies around the world when the Olympics were here to bring them here. That's when Silicon Slopes was started. The whole idea was we can be the secondary headquarters for all these big tech companies that are based in Silicon Valley. We're geographically separated. We have friendly business laws, all that stuff. So it's very, very much a a designed thing to bring people here, uh, especially tech companies. Nice. We have a lot of them. We have a lot of them. Adobe was started here. I don't know if you know that. Adobe started here yep. or they just moved their nope, it started headquarters? Here. Adobe wow. started here. The guy that founded Adobe was, was it Utah, University of Utah or Utah State? I can't remember. University of Utah. Um, yeah. And it started here. Is that with the guy who started the Atari? He's yep. from Utah. Um, Where did you go to high school? I went to Pleasant Grove High School and Lone Peak High School, actually. Um, technically, because of a clerical error, graduated from both, but I nice. <laughs> yes, <laughs> overachiever is what I'm hearing. Hardly, um, no. The Pleasant Grove High School got rid of the debate team, 
and that was my we guys called the master debaters. We were, I am um, <laughs> still nationally ranked debater. So PG still, High got rid of the debate team. You're still a nationally ranked debater? Yeah. More so you're point. still debating high school kids? Is that, <laughs> I'm just trying to understand. I ranked so well. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. I'll tell you, I've told it on the air. I'll tell you a story afterwards about debating in Utah um, when I was a kid. So Wait, like high school debate? Yes. Uh-huh. Tell me now. <laughs> Where so did you go to school? I, I grew up in Wyoming. Okay. I went to school in Green River, Wyoming. Okay. As, that's all a high school. As podunk as it gets. Um, a town of 12,000 people. But Wyoming, every trip in Wyoming is like three hours for debate. Mm-hmm. So they're all overnight trips. But we would always take one to two trips a year out of state. So we'd go to Idaho, Utah, sometimes like South Dakota or Colorado to go to tournaments that were outside of Wyoming. So we would see new people. We came to a tournament. It was at Alta High. Um, and we presented... Uh, a, a specific type of case, um, me and my partner doing cross-ex debate. Um, it was, um, what the hell is it called? An advanced, I know, but you just said it and I can't remember what it's it was. It's advanced something. But basically, we presented three different cases in the eight-minute time span instead of one case. And our opponents in the first round literally started crying. <laughs> they got up and they started crying and their entire argument was, how are we supposed to debate this? There's three cases. Nice. That's my favorite story from my debate career. <laughs> I love it. We did a lot, so um till my senior year. He still uses debate stuff against me. Heck yeah. So oh, do I. Once it's a, a debater, life skill. Always yeah. a debater. And extemporaneous speaking Dad, clearly. She's still nationally ranked. Drop. She's still a nationally ranked high school debater. <laughs> I did policy. See? Yeah. That's the one where you talk really fast. Yeah, yeah. It's the same difference. We called it cross examination debate back in my day. I'm oh, older than that's you. right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And I think it's just now instead of Lincoln Douglas, which is ph- philosophical debates, which was one on one, a bunch of people talking about. I had to do. So I'm ranked in LD because my policy partner, I think it was his mom, would not allow him to go. It was something about his LDS mission. He mm. wasn't able to go to Berkeley to debate with me. So I had to do LD, L- Lincoln Douglas. Oh, that's so a low. whole different world. I figured it out. Yeah. That's good. And also, for those of you that don't know, I'm sure she was a member of the NFL, the National <laughs> Forensics League. Yes. Because that is the National League for Speech and Debate. When you Google me, that's what comes up. And I think it's hilarious because totally I couldn't catch a football that. if my life depended on it. Yeah, I thought it was the best. I wore a Letterman jacket, loud and proud, with the NFL thing on it that we have. It was the best. That's awesome. I lettered in tennis, theater, and debate. And I'm straight. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those three together. I, I can you would think, confirm. <laughs> like, no, I that was theater a, as well. Drama, actually. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Yeah, I had a letter in drama that I never got. Fuckers. <laughs> it's been a long. It's been a long time. So, did you uh, go to college after high school? I did. Your mom um, goes to college. I yeah. <laughs> mine. I was in and out of college. I think I dropped out of seven colleges, eventually nice. diagnosed with ADHD, thank God, and medicated and finished at Eastern Washington University with a degree in women's studies and uh, government and then minor in politi- uh, uh, philosophy. So what colleges did you go to? Oh, God. Um, yes. <laughs> those are some pretty useless degrees unless you get into like politics. Which is the plan, but yeah. <laughs> so um, University of Puget Sound, University of Seattle, um, Oh my gosh. She can't remember, dude. There were like a dozen. There so, a okay, lot. let me back up. When did you leave Utah? Uh, at 17. To, and you went to Seattle? At graduation or? Yes. Okay. So, Had enough 
like of your family, of everything, or no, not necessarily. Yes, <laughs> all of the above. I moved out as soon as I graduated too. Yeah. And now you spend more time at your dad's house than yours, so I don't know what that says about you. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It was only bad when I lived there, I guess. <laughs> Get it on your own. Decide life wasn't that bad at home. Yep. So you finished college uh, with some great degrees in political stuff. Um, then what? Law school. You went to law school? Yeah. All right. And did you finish law school? I didn't. Okay. I graduated or I dropped out my third year. So no LCATs semester. for you. Wow. Third year, second semester? I could like go back put, and finish. You I mean, put all that time in and you're just like, I'm done. I want to be an attorney. Um, yeah. I found out how much the... Um, <laughs> I found out how much the person who had graduated at the top of class the year before me was making and what she was doing. And I was like, whoa. And I lost my scholarship and I'm, I'm not paying a dime for this. I'm yeah. not paying for this. So Isn't I left- it interesting how like as you figure out like real life, you go, mm, maybe it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Everything I needed from law school I got. There you go. Except for the bar, bar association. Yeah, except and- for the piece of paper or okay. whatever. Yeah. So then no what? interest in practicing. Well, yeah, if you don't have any interest in practicing, there's no reason to keep going. Yeah. I met my partner, Nathan. Where were you when you met? Here in Utah, in Seattle? Spokane. 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 And he was slanging furniture for killer deals. And I was really, really over law school. And I had experience in retail and experience in management. And I had three quarters of a law degree under my belt and like drop my practice. I'm out. And now you don't have to hire legal counsel until yeah. the end. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like we just that is actually the, advantageous. Just, I mean, there's yeah, yeah, no, there's, there's a strategy there. So dropped out and just threw everything into Wallaroos. Then so, Spokane Overstock. So then he, yes. Okay. So he already had already had a company mm-hmm. started. He wasn't just slinging furniture for someone else. Yeah, he was selling it out of his garage, and then he. By the time I met him, he had two storefronts. Wow. Okay. So two storefronts, slinging furniture, um, and then how does that grow from there? Because Wallaroos is not whatever you said, Seattle something. Spokane Overstock. Spokane not Overstock. Spokane Overstock anymore. Um, traveled overseas and found factories. And started manufacturing with them. Every time we did it, it was just, it was throwing everything we had into it. So buying a container of furniture was basically everything. So that's a rolled the dice, brought it in, sold it, and eventually. That's a hell of a venture buying a container. Well, and a container of furniture, it's so my my grandma before she passed, also a uh, snowbird, uh, would go to Quartzsite, Arizona in the wintertime, and they operated a makeshift grocery store mm-hmm. where they would buy banana boxes from, you know, expired, you know, dry goods. And sometimes the banana box, because they're all sight unseen, I'm sure your, your containers probably weren't, but sometimes it was a box full of paper towels, <laughs> which you pay 30 bucks for a box full of paper towels, you're not making 30 bucks back on that because they take up a lot of space, they're light. But if you get a box of honey... You're making a ton of money because that's worth a lot of money. And so it was kind of a crapshoot. But it makes me think like a container of furniture could be like a handful of couches or a whole bunch of recliners or like there's a whole bunch of different things that that could be. So you are kind of taking us back to our roots. So when I met Nathan, he was buying overstock from Bloomingdale's. So Ah. just a container of anything. So that's not what we were doing. When we went overseas, we were buying a container of one specific item. We're getting a bunch of tables. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was recliners because that's what we sold really well. Um, but How many people like recliners. I love. Recliners. I love my recliner. It is my favorite Bailey piece of furniture. In the house. I have so many opinions, and I think we share. They're good for sex. <laughs> They're. They are. Okay. Don't worry about it. Okay. But I love my recliner. It's so comfortable. <laughs> I mean, he has one in his office, and it's preferable to what he used to have in his office. But it's in his office. Yeah. 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 But yeah. that's where it sits. That's where it belongs. Just saying. So, so you guys start selling containers full of stuff um, from manufacturers you find. Um, how do you move into more storefronts, and how do you come up with Wallaroos? And how do you get to Utah? We bought <laughs> really well. Three questions. Uh, sorry, so we we're going to meet all of the time. <laughs> yeah. So we bought stuff that people sold. We were really good at it. We hired well. Um, we knew for some reason I'm like six years ahead on trends. So the first time we made a mess up was when we bought like an entire container of the cloud sofa five years too soon. So at this point in 2023, it's our best seller, but four years ago, five years ago, Dorini will be that way someday. Someday the Dorini (laughs) will sell like the cloud. Italian leather, like made with baseball. If the Starship Enterprise had a sectional, it would be the Dorini. Oh, but the Starship go. Enterprise. And everyone thinks not. it's the ugliest thing. And I'm like, it's just ahead of its time. I think it, it sounds is. awesome. You're going to love it in five I, years. But I like an, uh, the Ames chair. Oh, yes. And most so. people look at it like, that's a piece of garbage from the 70s. No. No, that, that is, is a glorious piece of furniture. Um, one of my favorite sectionals at Waller's is named after Frank Lloyd Wright. I love mid-century mar- modern architecture <clears throat> and design generally. Um. Fine. Well, Nathan is a genius with a spreadsheet. That's kind of the crux of it. Never in our lives, never in his life has he taken out a loan to build this business. We That's started, impressive. Yeah. Especially for a business that has high dollar retail yeah. items like furniture. That's really impressive. Yeah. So you, how many storefronts do you have? 12. And you've never taken out a loan? Not one. Hell That's yeah. insane. Yeah. These aren't small stores either. They're furniture stores. Like I've been... By the Wallaroos in Taylorsville. I don't need furniture, so I don't go in there because then I'll want to buy stuff. But like, they're big <laughs> storefronts. Yeah. They're furniture stores. Like, mm-hmm. size of a Ross. Yeah. Yeah. Just buying, buy low. Buy low, sell, sell high. Still, no, not really. <laughs> we have, you know, our margins are actually pretty, um, modest. We just, we sell really great quality. We want to be a big business. We have to be a thousand times better than Ashley and others if we want to grow. So, Well, I'm sure you're better than Furniture Row because that is a pile of dog shit. Set the bar a little low. Set the bar a little higher. I will talk shit on your competition for sure because there's there's Furniture Row, which is basically worse than Ikea and it's across the street from Ikea down there. It's real. Like their stuff is horrible. Now, Ashley, I like Ashley's stuff. Um, Ashley, I think, does decent. They're not part of, like, stupid, weird furniture row. Uh, and then you have, like, RC What did Willie. furniture row do to you? Their stuff's garbage. <laughs> Every time I've been in there. First off, I hate the layout of their stuff. So, first off, he's very particular about stuff. Okay. This so, is true. like, he, he has an opinion about stuff that I put in the house. Like, I can't just, like, bring something home. That's annoying for you. It's, it's actually, we have fairly similar tastes, but it does take a minute to, like, Make sure that he does have fighting. a recliner in his office, though. But I picked it out, so That's it's actually not office. a bad one. It was a futon. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. See? See? It's better. It's better. Uh, 
So, you know. And and I picked it out and he was like, Brown, does Brown go in my office? I'm like, Yes, Brown goes in your office. How does Brown not go in your office? Anyway, so it's a whole thing. But anyway, but he has an opinion on what, what we do mm-hmm. and so it when we walk through places we're kind of opinionated and we're like So then you have R.C. Willie. I'm just comparing the furniture shops out in like Furniture Corner at the end of the valley mm-hmm. because you know where you can walk from. That's actually a, if you need to buy furniture, that's not a bad place to be able to see you get a whole your bunch. Meatballs here, you get yeah. your recliners mm-hmm. here. You get your free you hot dog meat. over here, exactly. Um, which is the only thing you should be buying at R.C. Willie. <laughs> their shit. I do is like my so, mom's curio cabinet though. Their stuff is so overpriced because of their commission levels. It's ins- like if you buy a TV from RC Willie, you're a moron. <laughs> like they, they, they charge- why are you buying a TV from RC? People Willie buy stuff? PlayStations from RC Willie, and they pay two hundred dollars more than they're going to pay anywhere else because they're idiots. Because they probably because they have a freaking RC Willie account is my guess. Um, but so RC Willie, some of their stuff's nice, but it's definitely not as nice as their price tag reflects. Yeah. And so, where do you fit in that whole plethora of like? put it together yourself and it'll last four years and fall apart and you probably can't move with it more than once uh and then like way overpriced but better quality than any of them all right kiln dried hardwood frames high density foams um one thing to note about furniture is steel prices are very inconsistent the Mm -hmm. price can go up can go up from day to day so we put steel in both the base of our furniture acts like a shock absorber and then we put coils in the actual foam it makes for inconsistent pricing for us but it makes for consistent quality for our customers you're not going to see that at ashley you're not going to see that unless you're spending really really high dollar at rc willie and you're Um, still probably overpaying by the way yeah um and then really modest margins we still we want to deliver the best value for our customer ikea should come with a divorce hotline but no, dude. Like all of the furniture comes with the divorce hotline to talk you down from the divorce, from putting the furniture together and being so <laughs> oh, yeah, freaking we, mad. Yeah, we don't do KD. We have a couple no. of lines of like very <laughs> open. Yeah, like we have a couple of KD or knockdown furniture items that you got to put together. I remember walking Julia through putting together one of our pieces. Was she able to do it? I should have just looked you in the eyes and said no. I could do it. You're getting events. I bought their cheapy. Same from RC Willie, kind of. I'm really good at putting together furniture. Julia is not. When I was like, I wasn't even the one that put it together. Was I like, I was like 18 or 19. I was a receptionist for like an office. I can't even remember what I ended up putting together, but they they bought some piece of furniture. Like we had really nice furniture, and I it went somewhere like in a storage closet or something. And they're like, oh, we got to get this put together. And I was like, well, I'll do it. They're like, okay. And I just sat in our co- in the middle of our copy room and I laid it out, looked at the thing, and I was like, oh, that's it. Let's go soon. And I put it all together with a screwdriver, no drills or anything, because I was just at the office. So I just had to use, like, Did oh, here's this wrench? old. I mean, I think it was, like, the one that came with it. The one that it, came with it, you know? the Allen wrench. And then, like, like, the old Phillips head that's been in the drawer, you know, that's been screwed in too many times that, like, skips through the thing. Yeah. Put the whole thing together. And they're like, how'd you do that? And I'm like. I followed the directions. So do you guys sell dressers and bed sets and stuff like that? Yeah. What kind of uh what kind of wood complement? So I love my Ashley bed set except for our drawers. Mm. So they have for a long time their drawers were great and this set of drawers they have 
just there's a, a piece of plastic. Just a piece of plastic. There's a there's like a crappy aluminum rail with a yeah. piece of plastic that is just glued to the bottom of it's the drawer. It's just a one thing, and then my drawer is this big, and it's one rail. Track or the it's the it's the rail on the drawer that I sits on the wooden. I replaced the track. one on my side with a wooden one, and now it's fine. And like they're not they're not attached very well. They're just attached with glue. But there's certain when I look at stuff like first off, I don't do plywood furniture. That's I just can't like the particle board crap is not something I'm into these days. I I make. I make good money now. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a twenty something in my first hey. apartment. <laughs> um, but, I have all IKEA furniture in my house, which is fine. I mean, there's a time in your life for that, but like I've moved my daughter's stuff enough times that like their things are starting to fall mm-hmm, apart now, mm-hmm. and that's I mean that's a thing. You, but anyway, so my point is like I try to find like you know Ashley does a good job with like dovetails for their drawers. There's not a lot of actual hardware in their drawers because it's it's made better that way but how are your guys's like dressers and stuff made with like your tracks and stuff because i hate claimed hardwoods slow clothes lately they've been coming um with slow clothes hinges but they're real wood i question ashley being dovetail and not particle board the ones that we have are definitely yeah. because good. I have had oh, to yeah. fix okay. my drawers and they're definitely okay. wood. Okay. Yeah, they're so definitely wood. The table you reclaimed got reclaimed woods and she got a table for me, guys. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we pull that out of we import that from India and it's all handmade. A That's lot a of nice our bed set is really old, but though, you're so. you're right. Ashley does do particle board crap. But yeah, that's not something that'll come into our house. So. Yeah, we don't do that. Even the back is solid hardwood on mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. So the three pieces that we import oh, heavy from India, they're really heavy. You're gonna you're not gonna knock them over. <laughs> you're not gonna knock them over. But um, yeah, the hardwood, the backs are solid. The Everything is solid. So better quality than you're going to get even at like West Elm. That's nice. good to know. That's yeah. good to and know. And half the price. So I, so Julia, I mean, obviously we got you on here because Julia works for you guys. Um, she seems to really like this job, which is good. not, <laughs> not a normal thing for Julia. No, <laughs> I quit jobs like that. Do you nothing. know what I love? <laughs> Julia is building her own business while working for Wallers. Yeah. And that's the most Wallers thing I've ever heard in my life. That's amazing. <laughs> I, yeah, I love that. Getting furniture from my store for, from them and all sorts of stuff. Yep. So, and Julia is doing social media stuff for you, but from what, from how she talks, and maybe you can explain it uh, better, you guys drive a lot of sales specifically from social media environment, from people not even stepping foot in the store. Mm-hmm. Can you explain that a little bit? And like well, why you guys went methods. that route? Um, TV's really expensive and I don't have the Nobody watches TV anyway. Yeah. Who yeah. watches commercials? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta get Your the mom. ROI. You gotta get the, you gotta get the return. So if we're gonna put money into it, it better prop, proper a good return. So yeah. TikTok, you know, yep. you throw something on TikTok and you get a million views. It's awesome that someone in Florida is watching these, but I didn't pay for that view. So we get a million people seeing, you know, a Waller's TikTok. They may not be buying a Waller's couch now, but we're getting brand awareness for when we do have stores in Florida, when we do have stores in Michigan or wherever the case may be. So I, I do have to say, too, it's interesting. You know, you you talk about TikTok. So we tell a lot of people on here, you got to have a Snapchat. You got to have a TikTok. And they're like, yeah, eventually I'll get to them. I'm like, no, 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 no. Do it now. Do like, it now or don't do it. 
do yeah, it like, like it's a gold mine. It's like gold rush. Like you either get there early and you get the followers or you don't. Yeah. Well, and, and specifically from a business perspective, exactly what you talked about, it doesn't really cost you much to make a TikTok video yeah. and it costs you nothing for that video to get seen by a million people. I mean, you can certainly advertise. Don't get me wrong. There's sponsorships that you can do on TikTok and stuff, but it's interesting to me how few businesses go that route. And I think they are missing TikTok's and kind of an anomaly because of the, the wide range, wide range of demographics, but especially people in Julia's age bracket and like sub 40 year olds, Snapchat and TikTok are where they live. I think you mean Instagram. No, I mean Snapchat. No, my kids live in Snapchat. Snapchat is too. for sending nudes. No, it's <laughs> that's not. what it was made for. That is okay, but is, it's not like but, that's literally uh, how. But that's we like communicate my kids watch Snapchat do more than they do. My point, like TikTok, but I'm but I'm saying like these are platforms mm-hmm. that are perfect spots to promote your business and to be able to garner customers and expand your business. And they don't cost a whole lot. And so many businesses have not figured that out. When you said earlier that you're like five years too early when you order stuff, I think you're at that same spot in your use of social media to actually deliver products. Cause I mean, you know, it's Ashley's not on TikTok selling they're, furniture they're like, on the radio and TV, like the old school. That I wouldn't even know because I don't well, only, is like Instagram reels and the only people I know that watch TV commercials are people over the age of 65 and most of them aren't looking for a new bedroom set. Yeah. And so it's, I, I just think that that's a really kind of genius place to be marketing, but are you guys selling on like Facebook marketplace or Instagram? Julia or? is. That's my job. That's your job. I make listings of their products in all of the locations of their stores. People message me, is this available? Because I think I'm selling it out of my basement. And mm-hmm. then I direct them to the store. Yeah. You have to deal with a whole bunch of bots, though, probably. The first little bit, uh, you've just got to get real good about reporting them. But after a couple of weeks, you don't really get any. They I only get maybe one out of every hundred messages They stop hitting now. the account mm-hmm. after you report a bunch. That's yep. good to know. Because every time I post something up on there, man... Yeah. And it, it's funny because KSL used to be the place to post everything. Facebook Marketplace is way better now for yeah. selling stuff. Yeah, but not for the actual social media. No. Don't use that. <laughs> so are you using like social media statistics and data that you're picking up from like where your viewers are and stuff like that to potentially target new locations to expand to? We think about operations more than anything. So from an operations standpoint, it makes sense to go to Arizona because we can open up a bunch of stores there and it's a good route. Yeah. So we're, so we run our own fleet. You have 12 stores Mm -hmm. right now. Where are they all at? Spokane, Washington, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Hayden, Idaho. Thanks, Julia. Missoula, Montana, Boise, Idaho, and Salt Lake City area. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're like all up in the the mountainous areas here, the Intermountain area. So yeah, that would be a good, Arizona's a good place to go. Um, What about like Las Vegas? Because I feel like Las Vegas is pretty That's a similar route. Yeah. It's coming. Yeah. See? See? Yeah. We know that opening multiple stores in one area works. Yeah, you can't. It's really tough. Anyone that's run a business, it's really tough to open one store in a new state. So, for example. We learned that lesson in Boise. Yeah, it's tough. It's really tough because the cost to run a single business in a state is exorbitant. And when you start adding more, the cost to run each of the additional ones is a lot less. Prime example, 
um, I'll use fast food restaurants because I know the restaurant business pretty well. We're getting a jack in the box right there. There are four others already planned. You just saw like raising canes happen when Popeyes happen. There's a reason when a business comes into a community, uh, bro, uh, Dutch Brothers. Dutch Brothers, they plan to open within months five to six locations at a minimum. And it's because if they don't, the advertising costs are uncontrollable. The costs for supply and distribution are ridiculous. So plus they can play in on the excitement of having mm-hmm. the new location. And then somebody's like, oh now this one's closer to me or whatever. They they can play in on that if they wait too long. So you guys are smart business people from what I'm gathering. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unusual. We talk about a lot of times, like, like in Jeremy's field, architecture or physicians or whatever, they go to school to do this job and they have no business background. And then they go out and they hang their shingle to do their job, whatever it is, a lawyer even. And they don't know how to run the day to day business, how to get that stuff out there, how to just get the bills paid, how to collect money from Doctors people. Doctors are the worst. And they fail. Yeah. And so it, when we say stuff like that, it's because like that, it, you could have the best product in the whole world, but if you don't know how to run your business, you're going to fail. You might get by on it for a while, but eventually, you're going to be like these banks where you're like, how did that, how did that person, like, how did they get by on that? It's literally, you know, the skin of their, you know, neck, they're just floating by on it. And when it goes down, it goes down in flames. So I think starting really small and humbly, not with a bunch of other people's money, but I mean, the way we started was mm-hmm. pulling containers from, from Bloomingdale's. Like just their ding and dents, their returns. You can buy those for so cheap and you can sell them for more and scaling that up and scaling that up. It's your pallet people. They're like a, they exactly. were like an NPS on a small scale. Exactly. <laughs> I love them. Do you still shop at places like NPS? I have never been to NPS. <gasps> what is that wrong is, with you? What is it? Oh my God. NPS. Where is it? All right. <laughs> so like right now, all, should we go right hold, now? Hold on. Hold on. We cannot go through a whole diatribe about NPS. We did that like two weeks well, ago. Uh, but I guess, so there's one in Salt Lake that's kind of weird. It's like across the street from itself. Um, okay. But there's a new one that I haven't gone to that's in Layton. What the is one in, the, okay. NPS stands for. It's like Ross, but groceries. Uh, oh. Uh, no. No. Um, what does... Like, what? is it like grocery outlet? Like, no. Something... I'm going to find something. it. Hold they on. We thought it would stand for, like, something really cool. Like okay, so it's like overstock. Okay. Cut. So, no. like, so, like, a truck... If you want to find a, a, like, a... Like a lunchable that's expired but still edible, like you would get it. it oh. Okay, NPS stands for nice place to save. So NPS, she says it's across the street from each other. It's actually two different stores. It's across the street from itself. So in Salt Lake, they have an industrial NPS and then they have a regular NPS. So NPS is a, is a store that let's say there's a truck that is out, gets in an accident and the trailer gets popped open and they deny delivery because the goods are likely damaged or can be contaminated. Someone buys that. Cool. So the insurance company takes that and okay. they salvage it, right? So gotcha. they, they have somebody go and inspect it and they deem this so it's is like still the food good version of Spokane Overstock. Yeah, well, it's not just, it's <laughs> not just it. food though. But it's, yeah. it's other goods. It's so, like, so it's clothes, in, shoes, so staples, office supplies, tampons. You can okay. get tampons. So in, in Salt Lake, they have a really big store Party that supplies. is 
all the normal stuff. So there's shoes, there's clothes. They have a section of, of much nicer stuff that's a little bit more expensive. Like Bree said, there's like tampons. A great place to buy lady products for dirt cheap for like a dollar a box of tampons. The trick is they don't always have the same brands. Like you, yeah, everything's hit and miss. Um, so you don't go there with a list. You go there to, to see, to what, see they what they have. have. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's your first stop, and then yeah, and well, then you kind of fill out from there. the commercial side. They've had forklifts before. Yeah, industrial. Oh. They have. If you, what? Want, if you want weights, you can. You get to buy them by the by the pound instead of like twenty five like dollars for. Like, you can just. Like, oh, I love it. Uh, so there's, I mean, it's all sorts of stuff. And Indu- the industrial side is like air filters, like alternators, guns. Uh, they have guns and ammo. They have electronics, like everything. It's never the same <laughs> twice. Like buying a defective gun. And they have sales all the time. Anyway, NPS. It doesn't is necessarily mean it's defective, but it's usually it's, for the food. It just means the box is kind of. Or like they're changing the, you know, they're changing the grip, or they don't. Maybe, maybe they. You know, like made last season stuff. Maybe they made okay. bright yellow guns right. and everybody, nobody wants to buy them. Oh, okay. Like so that. that's enough about MPS. If you <laughs> want to hear a diatribe for like 30 minutes, <sighs> listen a couple weeks ago. We, we had the Beard Nerd Radio. We talked no, about it. No, uh, it's a market I'm yeah. really familiar with. We, you know, that's how we started. Yeah. I guess this could be a fun time to like announce something that's happening in the next few weeks. Now would be the perfect sure. time My- for you to announce. <laughs> um, so. Over the last several months, I've noticed a lot of our vendors, people we do buy product from, they just want to dump product. So do you remember when everyone was like buying tons of toilet paper during COVID? Uh So furniture buyers were doing the same thing, but on a much larger scale. So now the bills are coming due, the product's arriving to port, it's sitting in their warehouses Sitting, Cause every, sitting, Cause sitting. everything was like delayed for a year coming out exactly. of it. ordered so much. Yeah. yeah. So luckily we didn't ever have to do that. We kept, you know, very steady buying practices all the way through. Um, but there's a ton of overstock furniture just sitting in warehouses and they want to dump it. These CFOs are like, the COOs are like, Oh my God, I got rid of this stuff. Like, Cause it's like, just like, inventory on their yeah, balance they're just sheet. Paying, yeah. Month after month after month. So product pennies on the dollar i realized like three months ago oh my gosh there's such an opportunity and it feels like an interesting step back into the past but we're going to be opening two overstock stores selling through amazing overstock product which Not, is going to help us scale they're going to be called what because don't call them overstock there's a big overstock <laughs> base here in salt lake yes. i have be a careful. funny story for that and <laughs> how it pertains to wallabies weird but... ass guy that runs it uh yeah he's not really in charge anymore i don't yeah, think that's true. but anyway he was weird um rev home so there's a good name uh french for dream home I like it. Is it a Victorian yeah. home on the front? Because if uh, it's not, it's you're lying. That's all. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's like it's a bright pink neon, and the theme is kind of like Palm Springs. Oh, there you go. So there bright pink go. neon to go with your bright blue neon. Yes, I love yes. it. So yeah. I got, totally separate from Wallaroo's. Really, just capitalizing on the fact that it's a good, dummies it's a bought good a bunch idea. of stuff that they couldn't pay for, and now that's, I get to buy it. That's so you're, not blue. You're what I call palette people. Cause that's another we're gonna, thing. We're gonna, we're going back to the pallet days. Cause, well, cause, pa- I mean, that's another thing. Like, people will buy, like, they'll go to Amazon and they'll buy a pallet. We of don't returns. buy the pallets. We buy the containers. Yeah. We but, buy like, the truck. We buy 53 Buy pallets <laughs> sight unseen and stick them in like a, like a, a small thrift store or something and yep. try to sell that stuff. Yep. What locations? Um, are those secrets still? Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. I thought I'm gonna. <laughs> Utah? <laughs> uh, Utah and Idaho. Okay. Oh, sweet. It's good it's to know. It's gonna be fun. 
that's I'm a, excited. Well, it's a good place too, where you could even sell. Like I don't know, you guys probably have some scratch and dent stuff that comes out of your floor model but, yeah. blisses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I I do have to ask, how did you come up with the weird ass name Wallaroos? <laughs> so when we were Spokane Overstock, Nathan put a kangaroo on the sign because he liked it. <laughs> And that's it. Like that, it, it, there is and no. Then, so how about like how do you come up with wallaroo? Uh, okay, because so, a kangaroo is kangaroo and a wallaby is yeah, a wallaby. And yes. is it just like was the kangaroo ugly that you put up there? Do you have a poor graphic it's designer? It's the same kangaroo. It's <laughs> okay. been the same kangaroo from the beginning. So Nathan loved the kangaroo. We put it on, and the first thing we ever outsourced, and one of the few things we've ever outsourced was when we rebranded, naming the company. So we paid a company to come up with 150 possible names. So we gave them a few ideas. We gave them our logo. This is when we were moving away from selling overstock furniture and moving fully into manufacturing our own furniture. The number one on the list was Wallaroo's Furniture and Mattresses. And Nathan took a pink Sharpie. He circled it. He said, that's the one. We're done. And I said, <laughs> the no, first name on the list. We paid for 150 names. We're going to go through the list. And he's like, like, that's fine, but that's the one. I'm like, okay. And a wallaroo is a female kangaroo, right? No, it's no? a, it's a wallaby and a kangaroo. Yeah, that's what I, I love thought. it. That's what I thought it's the name liger. came from. It's like a liger. Pretty much. It's like a liger. The they're also, they're also bred for their skills in magic, but it's Sorry. Australian <laughs> magic, so it's not as good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, that's the outside, that's the inside voice story. Y'all got it. But the inside, the, the outside voice story is the kangaroo is wearing a cape when it's me and Nathan overseas negotiating with the factories and putting together the product and sorry, um, we're, we're saving the day. And then, sorry, that's when he's wearing the backpack. That's when we're on the hunt for the furniture, but then when he's wearing the cape, it's when the customer is in the store and they found the perfect couch for them at the perfect price and the waller saved the day. But the the truth is, it was just the first so name on the list, and like, Nathan was like, "Yes, that's it." And I, yeah. it's, a, it's a good story. <laughs> it's that's the story. So it was like a random name generator, like, "Yep." Yeah. <laughs> so you guys, you guys um, are are in the business of basically having your own stuff manufactured mm-hmm. now. Who designs your stuff? Not me. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, me. So do you de- do you design what you want it to look like and then let an engineer like yes. build the underside yes. properly? Yes. So the first thing I ever designed was on a napkin. It's called the Jackie, and uh, it was a little velvet. It's yeah. It's um. It was inspired by a, an Italian or sorry, a Japanese mid-century modern furniture designer. It's basically like a wood base frame that um, the softness sits upon so the structure is the wood below and it's very angled and it's one of my favorite sofas to this day um that was the first thing i ever designed and i literally just was a napkin at a restaurant like that was it sent it they catted it up and they made it that's awesome that's really cool well you have the bailey collection yes (laughs) dad was looking through your website (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the real question is when do i get my couch named after me and Dad says that we should call it the Julia Does Everything That's Embarrassing Couch. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Um, I feel like it has to have like a pattern that you could like spill your drink on and not. It, it has to be stain proof. Oh yeah. <laughs> it needs it needs some sort of little storage Cup for all holder. your art crap. So here's the thing: it's going to look really nice. Yes. It's going to be beautiful. But then you know the plastic sheeting that Grandma used to put over all her shit. You've got to include that in the design. In the designer, that's like an add-on after the. No, product. no, no. That's, that's an upsell. That's actually part of the product. <laughs> it's the plastic. The upsell is the stain guard underneath it. 
okay. But the, okay. the plastic is actually part of I the, know. the original design. The whole entire cover is completely removable and machine washable. We have, she's got some, like got that. some yeah. stuff like that. See, there We've you got go. Some st- Julia, what do you want your couch to look like? Like the Yoko, but a different color. What? I don't know. Well, then it's the Yoko, Yoko in a different okay. color. <laughs> okay. Similar style. Okay. Okay. Do you have any that are like... It's got to be a recliner. Do you have any cow patterns? Uh, that's true. I am the queen of lounging. She's goes right for the Needs recliner. Needs a good chase on it. <laughs> a chaise. A chaise lounger. Nice chaise lounge. Chase, because I'm in Utah. <laughs> so what is your absolute favorite product that you guys have? You know, I'll be honest. I... Don't design. buy your own furniture. Uh, well, no. yeah, I, my house is full of Waller's furniture. There's no way I'm paying anyone else's prices. That's crazy. Um, I design furniture for other people. So someday I'll design the perfect couch for me, but it doesn't exist right now. I feel like the perfect couch varies depending on the space. Usage. Well, and usage. Yeah. Like, like, are you someone that never entertains and you want to sit on your couch by yourself and watch TV? Are you someone that wants to lay down and take a nap on your couch? Are you someone that wants your entire family to be able to pile onto your couch? Do you want okay. your pets on your couch? Do you not I, want your pets? I'm going to stop couch? you. I don't care who you are. A couch must be nappable. Oh yeah. It does mm-hmm. not matter if you, if can't you fall are, asleep comfy on your couch. No, I don't couch, care if you're going to take a nap on it ever in your life. It needs to be nappable. If our it's couch not, is old and it's getting, it's not as comfortable used as it used to be. But man, I can fall asleep so fast on our couch. You like, should be able to fall asleep. We need a super stain-proof, hair-resistant, because I shed like a dog. And it's got ADHD-friendly. It needs has a bunch multiple of chargers and like a bunch of pockets and like pull-out drawers right. to stash all the crap. If you go over but then to you have IKEA, to clean all of that out. I'm gonna have you go to IKEA. They probably have that already, Julia. But it's not named after me. <laughs> no, it's. Got, I don't know. You could pretend it is the way that they name their furniture. Schnugelbogen. <laughs> That's my name. Translated. In Danish. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, but my favorite thing is the thing that makes the most money. So probably the <laughs> yeah. So the, what? What's your what's your best money maker? Barbados. Yeah, it's the biggest couch you're ever gonna see in your life. It will make Chris look awesome. tiny. I don't have room for that big of a couch. It's because it's, it's deep. Mm. So it's really really deep. So a I, tall person sitting on it and their feet don't touch the ground. I need a couch that's not deep. Because everything I sit on, literally, my legs just go like this. Stick out straight. And you guys do your own mattresses? You're not buying mattresses from We buy the... mattresses from a couple of manufacturers, okay. and then we're currently working on a Walrus mattress. We did manufacture our own mattresses, but um, a few years ago... So manufacturing mattresses overseas is just not really viable right now. So we were mid-production on a ton of mattresses. We were called Wallaroo's Cool. And the U.S. government um, started a 300% import tariff from anything out of Malaysia. And luckily, we were able to halt production. And we just pivoted and started selling um, King Coil mattresses. And they're amazing mattresses. Like, it's the only brand that, like, I proudly there's represent a, my There's company. a bit more involved in mattresses than, like, rest the rest of furniture, I assume, from a regulatory standpoint, right? Um... Yeah, yes. Um, you do have to use um, flame retardants, but um, I mean, no, it's no harder than anything else to manufacture, really, except for the tariff. 
Well, yeah. Which is real, real pain. But we did find some stateside manufacturers to make it. It's a cool mattress. It's cool. It changes colors. I don't want to make you mad, but I have a feeling you're going to start feeling more of those sorts of things happen over the next like few years. Tariffs. tariffs. Yeah. I, I think you're. I think we're going to start to become a little bit more protectionist. Just the political me, like looking forward. I think we'll start to see some more protectionist actions coming from. So I don't think all countries. I, I definitely think, like China in particular. I think we're going to start to see some real protectionist actions coming uh, towards China. And maybe some Southeast Asian countries, but I don't really see them so much as China. Yeah. We're right. already seeing so much of it, and we've already made our way through the last several it's rough. years of it. Yeah, it's rough stuff, but I don't think it's going to slow down is what I'm saying. I think it's – Trump started uh, rolling a ball downhill, and I think it's just going to keep going. That's my opinion, but, you know. I tend to agree. Um, okay, one more question for you. And we'll, we'll let you go. Um, as a question we ask every guest the first time they're on the show, um, you're a Utah native, um, but you've left and come back for some reason, probably because you love Utah. Uh, what is the most interesting or unique thing uh, you've discovered about Utah in your life here? Gilgal hmm. Gal Gardens is pretty freaking cool, but that's not it. It's pretty cool, though. Um, it's a trip. It's a you you it's would you would be in good company saying Gilgal. That's for yeah. Sure. It's a trip. No, my favorite place in all of Utah. My best discovery um, is in Pleasant Grove. If you take the Grove Creek Trail up two and a half miles, you hit a waterfall. It's the most beautiful waterfall you've ever seen. If you go another mile and a half, you hit the Timberline, where the temperature drops twenty to twenty five degrees. In the spring, it opens up into this green field, wildflowers. There's this uh, spring where it's natural glacier water bubbles up and it's incredible. I don't like the outdoors. I call it the nature because it's separate <laughs> from me. <laughs> don't like the nature. Um, I have some stories about hikes. Yeah. <laughs> There's some crazy stuff going on. It's beautiful. That is my favorite and probably the only natural spot I actually enjoy probably in all of planet Earth because okay. the nature is very separate from me. Do you know which uh, waterfall that is? Probably. It's not the Battle Creek waterfall. because that's Creek. No, 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 no. That's like a... That's up by Timpanogos, right? Uh, this one is... You could hike, hike Timpanogos from this one. So okay. up Grove Creek Canyon. Okay, Grove Creek Canyon. I'm, yeah. cur I'm just curious what the... Uh, what the uh, name of the waterfall is. There's a lot of waterfalls up there, actually. Like, that's, like, from a waterfall perspective, that whole part of Utah, because that's where Bridalville Falls is. Okay, um, so find Battle Creek, uh -huh. and then you're going to go north just a little. One canyon north. And then way further up. Like, we're talking, it's a hike. And, yeah, everything just pops up as Battle Creek. So I'm going to have to go check that out. So it's, gro it's called Pleasant Grove Trail. Grove Creek, Creek Trail. Trail. Grove Creek Trail. Yep. To, we like to hike. so. That's where my family used to run cattle and good good vibes, good place. I uh, went, so I love Payson Lakes. It's mm, one of my favorite beautiful. places in Utah. Um, I guess I do like the nature. Really cool <laughs> day lake, but I like camping up there. And if you, like, off the back of the campgrounds, 
you can walk. It's just wide open space right behind the campgrounds. You can just walk up there and just hike for miles and just see just wide open, like rolling foothills. Uh, they're not really foothills because we're already 5,000 feet up, but whatever. Um, but I remember there's, you know, a lot of cattle that graze up there. And, uh, we ran into an underground spring that a rancher had tapped and put into a trough, like a big giant ass trough for his cattle. And we just pulled the line out of the trough, let it run for a little bit. And just, that's the best water I've ever had in yeah. my life. That's better than the Mendenhall glacier water that we had. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. So and Mendenhall glacier water was pretty. Yummy. Yeah. But also your, your bias. Cause you got a proposal on I that did glacier. So. Oh, where's that? Uh, in Alaska. Alaska. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we hiked it. We took a helicopter ride up to the top of the Mendenhall Glacier, hiked the glacier, and then when we were at a, so waterfalls just start to they, as, they just as get, a glacier melts yeah as on a, top. they melt they just create different things and so it had created a, a circle like an arch thing and so it was going through the circle and he said like that that wasn't here yesterday and it won't be here later oh tonight and so we went up to take a picture and he proposed. Yeah, he's kind of perfect. That's awesome. I wouldn't say that. So how do people get a hold of you at Wallaroos and buy your glorious furniture? Oh, any of our 12 locations. Follow us on TikTok or Instagram. I should follow you on TikTok. Is it just Wallaroos? Wallaroos Furniture and Mattresses. There you go. Because we do mattresses and we're this close to having our own mattresses and they change colors. Oh, that. That's cool. You can get some ravers in there. Like <laughs> Not <tonight>. that fast. <laughs> That's the kind of music I play in the store. You're supposed to say, boots and pants and boots and pants and boots and pants and boots and pants. The cheat did not install a light switch. Uh, okay. Um, and you can follow us on social media at TNU Podcast. Um, I guess maybe I'll create a TikTok. I tell everyone else to do it oh, and I haven't done it. I do personally, but I don't post. He anything doesn't post anything. I've posted like three videos, but he keeps saying he's going to create a podcast TikTok, but that would it actually takes, involve us. Doing it takes that. a lot of time and effort for me to do those things and above and beyond what we already do. I, look, I have a full time job. I have my own business. I'm yeah. going to school full time. Like it's, yeah. it's pretty much all of us here. I've, I've a lot of stuff. Going you have, you have, you're going to school full time too. No, not anymore. <laughs> no, <laughs> used to be. Uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. This was, uh, this was a fun conversation. Thanks I appreciate, for me. appreciate you being here the whole time. Um, it's always fun when we have guests do that. Uh, if you like what you heard, please share the episode. That's actually what helps us out the most. Um, Julia's going to read the, uh, the spiritual as fuck card today. Oh, yes. These are, or the guests can, you can just read it. So read the front side and then, uh, you yep, have to be up in the mic to do it. You are not required to set yourself on fire to keep other people warm. It's pretty good. Do I read the back? Yep. Yeah. Yes. You know how, apparently I've forgotten how to read. Um, <laughs> you know how you can tell if someone is, oh, it, it, this reads like I talk. Okay, uh-huh. cool. You know how you can tell if someone is taking advantage of you? You feel like shit after giving to them. That shit isn't healthy for anyone. Put the matches down and back away. They can get warm on their own. Now, go do something kind for yourself. That's better service for service to the world anyway. Yeah, see? That was there a good go. one. I really like these cards there. He didn't he was he was anti these cards and they then have totally grown. Now he's all for them. Oh. Yep. I I think I might like these now better than I like the Oracle the cards. The Rebel deck. But I definitely like the Rebel deck a lot, so. It's cuz everyone swore at you. 
Um, that's true. The, a lot of these have swear words that's in them true. too, but, um, I, the messages on these are really good, I think. So, uh, hopefully you guys have a good week. Um, if you need furniture, stop going to furniture area in wherever it's at down <laughs> Draper. in Draper. Is it you Draper? You should say that Julia sent you. Um, oh yeah. yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. Yes. Cause I get a commission. Julia sent you. <laughs> Julia I sent you. That. Or? Julia just sent you for the special $50 discount magic message, sale if you buy a couch. Message Julia on Facebook if you're interested in furniture. Um, she'll show you stuff. And, she'll uh, show you stuff. I don't know. Facebook, That's my Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Um, follow them on TikTok and uh, share our episode. Also, thanks to Falk Hogan. Um, they're probably going to oh, be yes. like, they're in the middle of like being busy as shit because they get booked for all the St. Patrick's Day. We places. didn't get to it and it really doesn't matter, but this week is St. Patrick's Day. Yep. So they'll be doing a St. Patrick's show. Go check them out. There's a hundred. They're St. Piper Patrick Down shows. probably is my How guess. Do we so. know them? Yeah. I know Nick Passy. Yeah, you do know Nick Passy, don't you? Ago. We love Nick. We love Nick. <laughs> Me too. We love Falk Hogan. Those guys are great. So we just wish that he wouldn't call that poor girl the infinite sadness. Yeah, well, he's not doing anything with her really now, She's is he? She's sad. Yeah, <laughs> She's just a downer. She's infinitely sad. That, they do our intro and outro music. Oh, yes, I saw that. And yeah. I was like, oh, how, <clears throat> Julia, how do we... They're awesome. We love those okay. guys. Yep. They were an interesting interview when they were here. And yeah, had, they drink all of Chris's whiskey. We had to take them out back. It was in the summer and you we had to go out back. because was an option? It's, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's always an option. Except you like. have to drive. So. I literally had margarita... Mixins in my car. Well, we could have had it. Could have had it next time. <laughs> That's all right. Next yeah, time. next time you want to come by, um, we'll we'll serve you up whatever booze you want. So, well, have, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. 